what I'm about to say. Hey. I thought you were starting. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Shelby. And this is Courtney. And thanks for joining us today on All Things Macabre. Here on All Things Macabre, we discuss all the things under the topic of odd, weird, true crime, supernatural, and fiction. This podcast contains language and content that is not suitable for all listeners, so listener discretion is advised. If you find a topic we are discussing interesting, we encourage you to do some research on your own. You never know what you may learn. We are just a couple of old friends telling each other stories that we find interesting. And hoping that you'll enjoy and laugh along with us. Through some stories that are weird, true, or fictional that will just make you say, what the fuck? And now, for the fun part. Hey, Macabre Mob, it's Shelby. And Courtney. How have you been doing? busy as usual i'm just exhausted and tired i also wanted to pick on you for a minute because how you said your name whenever you started you was like i'm shelby (laughs) Uh, languages come out or languages (laughs) accents 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 come out different all the time with me i don't know why it just rolls funny sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i've been busy as usual i need to find something to make me not busy but i don't know when that'll ever happen I don't know if that's possible. I really don't think it is either, but I'm tired. But how are you? I'm good. We took a trip to a couple stores and got some plants this, this past weekend. I'm jealous. We got another Purple Passion because I accidentally let mine die, unfortunately. I think yours died the same way mine did. Whenever I went in the hospital, mine froze to death, basically. Yeah, I think mine got too cold. Uh, It was inside, but I still think it was too cold in that area. Same. I got some elephant ears because they're always amazing. And they're pretty, too. I was going to get some strawberry plants because, you know, I've got the one. Mm. But, man, those things are like $6 a piece. It's ridiculous. So, we're just going to have the one strawberry plant that has two berries right now. I was going to say the one strawberry plant that has one strawberry on two, it. Two. Two. One's <laughs> just almost ready and the other's really green still. Like your, uh, what was it, a cucumber or pepper or whatever it was you drew? My mini you cucumber. Drew, you grew, your, yes, yeah, that you grew last year. And it was like, I would grew a cucumber. And so we're like, yes, you, you are growing a strawberry. I was actually doing really good with the corn last year, but they were doing some yard work around the neighborhood. It was actually my neighbor's. They sold the house finally to someone and they were doing a lot of yard work. And then they filled in their pool as well. So I think they actually threw some weed killer down. I think it blew over onto my stuff. Because just about everything I had over there ended up dying. That's odd. It is. But. Are you going to try again this year? Of course. (laughs) I've already got some tomatoes started. I've got some catnip for the cats. I saw those growing. Yeah. Yeah. I've got uh, Lucky Bamboo. I haven't done one of those before, but I thought it'd be fun. Me and Tina. You gotta brag about your special one, though. My you... my favorite one. I have been looking for a ZZ Raven for a couple years. <laughs> it is this gorgeous leafy plant. It looks it looks kind of just like a stem with some leaves on it, really. 
but the leaves yeah. that come out, they're like, they start out lime green. And as they mature, I guess there's so much chlorophyll in it or something, they turn almost black. So it's a really beautiful plant. But I did find out it's more like a succulent. Really? Yeah. So it's actually not got a stem at all. I forgot what it was called, but it's not a stem. Interesting. Yeah. But I got a ZZ Raven, and I saw this one little sad plant, because they're like 20 bucks at least, 20, 30 bucks. But they're beautiful. I don't want to spend 20 bucks on a plant that I'm probably going to kill. <laughs> <laughs> so I found this one little sad one, and I was like, you know what? I know this motherfucker's clearance. You'll I know it. it is. It didn't have a mark through the barcode, so I ended up getting the manager over there, and he's like, you know what? I'll give it to you half price. I said, 10 bucks? Shit. The pot's worth 10 bucks, so I took it. It's a really nice pot, but I took it, so now I've got a ZZ Raven. And that, my friends, is, what is it, horticulture? Horticulture. With Shelby. (laughs) I would love to have a horticulture corner. Speaking of that, and here we go, we're going on a complete different tangent, and I promise it'll be a short one, but I saw a video of someone who made, like, an extra room into nothing but, like, a plant room. And that would be me. they had, like, a humidifier and, like, all these special little things and little special lighting and special containers for all their plants, and I was like, I want that! <laughs> well, you know, the fridge that just went out, Tina's brother was gonna, gonna haul it off for me and take it on to the scrapyard. And I was like, nah, let's throw it in the shed. And well, why would you want to do that? So I can make a grow box out of it and start my <laughs> seeds and stuff. No, that was actually a pretty good idea, he thought. So I've got it out there. I've got to get it kind of aired out a little more. But I'm going to try to put some little LED lights in there and get my tomatoes and stuff started in there. I'm excited to see what you're going to do. At least then the animals can't get to it. Right, exactly. But I do have to figure out some kind of ventilation for it. The fridge don't work. I may just put a hole in it. <laughs> I mean, what's the worst is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, that's enough of that. Um, is there anything else? Uh, not really. Oh, there is something else. We got to shout out Jenny. Oh, yes. Jenny Hollis just released a new song. Yes. Blindfolded? Yes. I listened to it. It's actually really good. I, you know, I told you I feel like I'm... I don't want to say biased, but in a way I kind of am, because every time I see something, I'm just like, it's great. Here, listen to it. It's, you know, something you should do. And I try to promote it anyway, because, you know, like I said, of the history she and I have. But I've noticed that she just all of a sudden, what, a couple days ago, made something for you and I, those keychains. Yes, I'm super excited. She did resin pour keychains. It looks like a little, uh, like an iPod or something. Yeah, kind of like the picture. Yeah, it's got a picture of our logo on it. So, it looks like it's playing our podcast, and she made both of us a keychain, and I am super stoked about getting those. We get to see them whenever we go meet her at the art show. Or you get to meet her, I get to reunite with her. Yes, I'm super excited about it. But, let's see, is there anything else? Oh, I told her that she was awarded a badge of honor, so I'm going to let you present the badge of honor as we did last time. Jenny Hollis, here's your badge of honor. Ding! Ding! But anyways, that's about all I've got. Yeah, same. I don't have anything else. I'm anxious to hear your story. Anxious, I don't really want to use the word excited, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're going to go to a little bit of a farm life here. Oh boy. Not so much gardening food and stuff like that, but more pigs and chickens. You know a little bit about that. Yeah, I do. So today we're going to be talking about Susan Monica. 
Have Su- you ever heard of her? Yes, I, I was going to say the name again because I was like, Susan Monica, Susan Monica, the name sounds familiar. Yes, the name sounds familiar because I had listened That's, to it. It probably sounds familiar because it's two first names. Well, that <laughs> that and um, Morbid had covered it back in 2021. And so I remember it, but I don't remember it because, you know, thanks to brain damage. So okay. I have actually not listened to that episode from them yet. It's very good. So I may check it out after we record this to see if I missed anything or anything like that. But without further ado. Without further ado, this is Susan Monica, who was born July 8th, 1948. She's a cancer. Because, I mean, she's along with me. So tell us about cancers. Well, we're not the stereotypical, you know, everybody says that we're emotional. I look at it as we're able to use our intuition, if that makes sense. Of course, you know, again, I'm biased because I am a cancer, and so I don't feel like I'm emotional. But I do feel like I have a good intuition when it comes to things, so there's... Sorry. <laughs> what the heck? I was trying to make this bigger. <laughs> it farted at me. <laughs> Alright, sorry. <laughs> okay, cancer. <laughs> but, like I said, good intuition. But I don't think for her she has a good intuition. She's good at trying to make up shit. But that's uh, about it. <laughs> uh, the reason I'm going to beg to differ with you on her making up shit is because I watched the interview, which ends up being about 10 hours long. And I would say probably about eight hours of that, other than her, you know, just sitting in there by herself, is a lot of, <sighs> and, uh, um, uh, so I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> she does seem to make a lot of stuff up. Well, that to me comes across as lying, but I feel like she gives us a bad name, you know, she gives cancers a bad name. Only because I don't think she should be claimed in our, you know, prestigious realm. But you just don't like her. <laughs> I just don't like her. <laughs> so I don't like to claim that she's a part of us. You know, I'm like the Bean Girls. She can't sit with us. <laughs> That's where I'm at with that. All right. Well, she was born in California, and there's actually very little information on her at all. And uh, yeah. And well, sorry, I keep interrupting you, but I mean, 1948. I can kind of see that, but you would think as as she got older, there would be more. You would think, but there are a lot of cases that people just aren't really that well known. They're, you know, just kind of loners and don't really have a lot of friends and people that know about them. True. Okay, shut up. In 1991, she purchased a 19.99 acre farm in Weimar, Oregon. She was just really wanting to get away from the city. So on that farm, she had pigs, chickens, and even had sheep at a time. So this is where the farm life comes into play. So she really claimed that she loved animals. In fact, at one point in the interview, she said, I do not value human life very much. The only thing wrong with the planet is there's people on it. If it weren't for us, all the other animals, dodo birds, and whatever else would still be here. Yeah, I would say she doesn't value human life very much. (laughs) She just told you that. I mean, I've made statements before saying that I favor animals over people sometimes just because people get on my nerves. But I mean, I'd rather hang out with my cats than people just about any day. But I don't think I would go as 
far as what she did, but I'm antisocial, but not to that point of antisocial where I'm just like, the human race in general should disappear. I don't agree with that because I feel like that's where she's coming from. Yeah. So that that's obviously her viewpoint. Like, humans need to disappear so the animals can thrive. People around the area said that she was very well known, partially because of her business, White Queen Construction. And sometimes she would hire people to work on her property, which she said she would go out to, like, missions and stuff and offer people to work for about $7 an hour, which was not too bad back in... The early 90s? Or, yeah, like 2010-ish. Oh, 2010? Well, I mean, it throughout time. Throughout time. Because all this stuff happened. She's she's had the farm for 20-something years. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. For the, ever, what minimal wage was, like, what, a seven and a quarter? At mm-hmm. least here. So, I mean... Oh, when I started, it was, like, five and a quarter. So, yeah, I so, guess... So, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. But she's also going to missions and getting people who don't have anything better to do anyway. So, so $7 why not $7, make some money? Right. Yeah. In 2007, a couple, James Grotsky and his wife Tammy, answered a Help Wanted ad... And after helping her cut wood and other things around, she actually ended up extending an invitation for them to move into a small trailer on her property. That way, they could help her clean up the property and feed the pigs and all that stuff. And then one day, she claimed that the neighbors had been complaining about them, like, just living there, and they had to go. Just out of the blue. She's like, you know, they're complaining, you gotta go. Odd, but okay. That's what they thought, too. Now, the couple said that her living conditions were terrible. Susan's living conditions were terrible. I can believe that. Most sources say that she did not have running water. This couple said that she did. So I don't know if that's a case of, like, well water not being city water. Mm, Yeah. I'm not really sure how that comes into play, but either way, she didn't have a bathroom in her house. So, she... Well... I mean, she had, like, a sink and stuff for the kitchen. But no bathroom. No bathroom. Because I was going to say indoor plumbing, but you would have to have indoor plumbing to have a sink, no. wouldn't you? Mm. Well, yeah, but she didn't have a toilet. So regardless, she just didn't have a toilet. Yeah. But, oh, okay. Now, whenever she bought the land, there was nothing on it. So she built a barn. And then in that barn, off to the side a little bit, she built, like, a living quarters. Okay. So and she then she used added- the bathroom outside. Okay. In another area or something. Okay. Not sanitary, but okay. James actually described the barn area having a pig pen under the barn, and then that small room off to the side where she lived, like I was talking about. Mm -hmm. She had a bed, a TV, a little stove in there. That's pretty much it. She said she got her electricity from solar power, and Tammy claimed that she had batteries all over the place. Like I said, she didn't have a bathroom in there, and even after all the weird, uncommon things that they experienced with her, like getting kicked out out of the blue, they still said that they were shocked to hear about her arrest, and Tammy said that she was a caring lady that helped anybody she could. She was always doing stuff for people. So maybe her hygiene wasn't great, but she was a caring lady and looked out for people. Yeah, which... That was the persona she gave. Yeah, which I've actually seen... At least one or two episodes of Hoarders where people just clutter their house and they live filthy. 
but it's because they want to keep all this stuff and turn it into something to give to other people, Mm -hmm. whether it be the homeless or friends or neighbors or whatever. I can see that. It's not good. That means there's probably some kind of mental instability in there. There's not a kind of there is. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like your hygiene should be towards the top. Mental health is one thing, you know. It is. And then mental delays in terms of development are something completely different. Mm, well. And so we don't know really which one it is, but I'm not here to diagnose her, but, you know, I'm just putting that out there. She seemed to be pretty smart and talented, actually, for the most part. She knew a lot about engineering. Like, she could reverse engineer stuff in her head. That's impressive. It is. And she was also a trained welder. Okay. She would do things for money as well as selling her pig meat but she would do things like uh make wrought iron rods and fences and gates and kind of like a side hustle in a way yeah it was like uh these beautiful ornamental pieces and stuff i mean it was making good money okay uh she would also try to deliver food to the elderly and stuff in the area you know whether it be her pig meat or whatever she would she was trying to do stuff for the community i feel like So, on Friday, January 10th, 2014, police arrived to confront her with charges for fraud. They found out that she had been using a food stamp card of a missing person, Robert Haney. Uh Uh-oh. While searching the property for evidence regarding identity theft, which she admitted to using the card, officers walked around the property with a video camera and they found a human leg. Uh Uh-oh. And that's when they decided they were going to arrest Susan, take her down to the station, and get a new search warrant for murder evidence. That escalated quickly. (laughs) That escalated very quickly. So, Robert Haney was born June 26, 1957. Makes him a Gemini. Anything about that? They're assholes. (laughs) No, um, I don't want to say this, I'm biased. I really am biased towards Geminis, I don't like them. Especially men. So, the qualities of a Gemini are, they are usually charming people. They're known to be friendly, outgoing, people-pleasing. Or, sorry, not really people-pleasing. They like to entertain. Does that make sense? They yeah, like I, I got what attention in a way. Yeah. They are really good at communicating. They enjoy going on adventures, and they seek kind of new things. You know, the, the mundane bores them, so they have to keep something new going on. Very adventurous. Yes, adventurous, yes. Okay. Well, there's not a lot known about his earlier life either, but as far as I can find, he didn't have a very good home life as a child. I believe somewhere I heard that his father was abusive and that he and his brother actually ran away as teenagers, and that's how he became a handyman. He started doing whatever work he could Just to make ends meet. He had to figure it out for himself. He had to grow up real quick. Learn how to provide for himself. It's unfortunate. So he met Thalia Larson and got married. I didn't really get the year on that exactly. But they did have five kids together. And even though he was a very dedicated father, he worked 60 and 70 hour weeks. And it caused him and Thalia to really argue a lot. I feel that though. Yeah. I really do. I feel that. It's hard to have a relationship and work. As much as you do, because, yeah, I mean, and he's working 60 to 70 hour weeks, and so... I, I mean, feel like he's trying to do the right thing, provide for his family, but a lot of people miss the balance between providing and being there with them, and I feel like that's where he was missing the mark. 
I feel that because I do. I can't find that balance myself. It, it is a hard balance to find. You've really got to communicate with your partner and figure out how to take these steps together. Hashtag, this is why I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> That's why a lot of people who work seven days a week end up divorced or whatever. Or just not with anyone. You. <laughs> yeah. So, in 2003, they ended up divorcing and he moved to Medford, Oregon with his kids. Okay. He decided to downsize after the kids grew up. Again, there's not really in, any information in there. But they moved out. And in 2012, he decided to do that downsize. He got a camper and a dog. He's pretty close to a country song there. I mean, I can't say nothing because... <laughs> <laughs> About what you did. <laughs> Just a little bit better than a camper. Yes. I still got the dog, though. <laughs> In 2013, he was working for a logging place. And he ran across a Craigslist ad about a job for a handyman in exchange to live on the property, which is how he met Susan Monica. He ended up moving onto the property with his camper to help her build a house. Like I said, there was nothing there. She built it up from the ground. Uh, I believe at that time, she had already had her barn and pigsty and stuff set up. I think she had that little room over there, but she wanted to actually build a house. That's what he was going to help with. She said that he would go up to where she was living at sometimes and make, or every morning pretty much, and go make some coffee at her house and then go off and do his own thing. Susan said sometimes she could go like a week at a time without actually seeing him. Even though she could go like a week without seeing him, she also said that he would come up to the house sometimes or wherever she was living, whatever, and he would like fix dinner for, you know, for himself or whatever, watch TV. So, they they knew each other well enough, but she seems to put it off in the interview like she didn't really know him too well. Because she could go a week at a time without seeing him. They sound pretty friendly to me, though, if you think about it, though. Because, I mean, like I said, Geminis are social beings. They like to be social. Mm -hmm. And they talk a lot. They're people. Mm, yeah. People. You know, they're people people. You know, they enjoy mingling and doing all the things. And so I feel like she's just trying to play it off and like, I don't really know him that well. You know, I just have to be uh, acquaintances with mm -hmm. him or something. His family said that he actually seemed really happy during the summer of 2013. He was out there working, able to be by himself and just enjoy the peace and quiet. He had a motorcycle that I guess he really loved. But Susan mentioned during the interview that the motorcycle was broke down. Didn't work some reason or another. And he also had a truck, which she said something about the clutch was messed up. I'm not too sure about that. But supposedly they were both messed up. Okay. About a couple months after he had been there, she claims that he actually gave her his EBT card and asked her to get some coffee and beer. Obviously, you can't buy beer with an EBT card. So, in return for getting the beer, she'd be able to spend a little bit of the EBT on food for herself. I've heard of that happening, you know. Little, I'll do this if you do that, and that's the only thing you can give back. Yeah, like bartering. So, I get it. So, after a couple more times of this, this was when he decided that she was more responsible than him, and was like, you know what, why don't you hang on to the card and do the shopping that needs to be done. She had her own EBT card. She... Got about $15 a month, which the detective in the interview was like, oh, that ain't a lot. You know, that, that ain't gonna... And she was like, no, it, it's good for me. And she talks about how smart she is with it, how she's got all this pork and all that. All she has to buy is bread, milk, and cheese. Sometimes cheese. Mm-hmm. So I guess 
she just thinks she knows how to handle the money better. And he said, all right, here, I think you do too. So Robert's children had become used to him enjoying a more nomadic life after they moved out. It was more common for them to go a month or two without hearing from him. But he was still consistent. They would always end up talking to him. Robert found out that a family member had been assaulted. And digging into it a little further, she was actually raped. It was one of his, I don't know what family member, but a female family member of his was raped. And it really got to him. I'm sure. He started drinking a little more to deal with it to where he was kind of becoming belligerent sometimes. In fact, their neighbor Karen said that he was likable enough when he wasn't drunk, but when Robert was drunk, he was a little hard to, like most of us are, hard to deal with. That was a quote from her. So, it's obviously seen that there's a problem. When January 1st, 2014 rolled around, the Haney family started to get worried because they hadn't heard from Robert and the last that he had been seen was early September 2013. That's a long time. He'd been missing for a few months at this point. So they visited Susan's place to question her and she told them that he gave her 20 bucks, told her to take care of his dog, and took off with some other guy driving a white sedan that wasn't his. He got into the passenger seat and left to some other guy's car. He left his truck, his motorcycle, all his tools, everything there. Mm, I don't see me just going to some place, like, for instance, like where I live now, and me being like, going to my landlord and saying, hey, here's 20 bucks, take care of Red, you know? Yeah, and then just take and off. Just Leave my car, leave everything there. No. But with the the lifestyle he was living as far as work, he was doing everything cash under the table and stuff like that, construction, odding in jobs and stuff. He had actually talked to her before about going uh, Asheville or somewhere, I don't remember, but going and doing a job together. So she was almost expecting him to go out of town to do a job. Which, that can make sense. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so this is meant to be something like a temporary type thing, like you said, to just go do a job and then I'm coming back. Maybe, but by January... True, yeah, I have forgot about the time frame. You know, I could see it at first, but towards the end, I, I don't really see that being I don't plausible. Either. But at first, I could see her yeah. coming up with some shit like that. Susan actually told the family that she wanted them to get his stuff because she figured he just took off and left everything. The family knew that he would never just take off and leave his dog, his motorcycle, his tools. He took such good care of his tools. They were his livelihood. He had been doing that since he was a teenager. Speaking of which, though, if he was going on a job, you would think that he would bring his tools? Exactly. To do the job? Why are you going to leave all of your tools? So the family filed a missing persons report, and the last place that he had been known to be at was Susan Monica's. The detectives asked if he had any bank accounts or anything they could trace, and they informed him that he didn't have any bank accounts, just dealt with cash. But there was the EBT card, which I kind of got a kick out of it because they keep calling it by its name there. It's called the Oregon Trail card. I remember there. Morbid bringing that up because yeah. it made me think of the, the game. The game. Yes. The Oregon Trail. <laughs> I was like, you died of dysentery. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So I had to put the name of it in there because I don't think we have cool names in Alabama or Tennessee for it. No, it's just EBT. Or yeah. It's just food stamps. 
When detectives questioned Susan at her house, she told them that he had lived there for about six months with the agreement to do work around the property for her, but he got a call about a family member being assaulted, and it really upset him, and he started to drink heavily and described him as a really depressed man. Which, I get that, if you're really torn up about a family member being hurt. The neighbor, Karen, said that she didn't know how much he actually remembered because he was having such a hard time with alcohol. And a former employee of Susan's, Sean, said that he would just stand outside the camper sometimes at night by himself and you could hear him yelling. He could hear him yelling, why, why God, and shit like that. Susan said that she decided to confront him about his drinking on September 9th, 2013. But before she could approach him, he approached her and handed her some money, the 20 bucks, and said, you know, take care of my dog. He said... He had some things to take care of and then took off with the guy in the white sedan. She assumed he would be back, but hadn't seen him since. So this gives a little different twist. Maybe he wasn't going out of town on a job. Maybe he was going to kill someone. Maybe things went bad. Because he had things to take care of. Yeah. So that's plausible. January 9th, 2014, they found the last activity on his EBT card was December 2013. So they were like, all right, where was it at? Well, it was at a Walmart in Grants Pass, which was about 20 or 30 minutes away from where Susan lives. And they were like, oh, bet, Walmart, let's get the footage. Yeah. Well, they saw Susan using the card. Pretty dead giveaway. Dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) So they went to question Susan again, which this was January 10th, 2014. It's where she admitted using the card, but as they were walking around the property, they found the human leg. Mm -hmm. So then they were like, all right, let's get her down to the station to interview her. I found the interview on YouTube. I have listened to numerous podcasts and stuff on the case. I've just got to point this out because a lot of people haven't. She gets in there to the interview room. She sits down in the chair on the right side of the room and she sighs a lot and just like moves her mouth a lot kind of like a nervous thing or like someone who's missing a row of teeth like chewing on their gums and stuff it's really weird but me and tina think it may be a nervous thing so it's a tick maybe and she continues to do this through the interview so it's not just right up front after a while a detective comes in and she asks about wanting to read the search warrant. He offers her a drink. She's like, "Yeah, I'll take a diet coke." He leaves again for a while and they come back with a diet coke and a sandwich for her to eat, which is turkey, not him. <laughs> she only, she only eats oh, my pork, right? I I was like, "What do you mean?" Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, she never says she doesn't eat any other meat, but she doesn't have a reason to buy meat. So, I just I personally thought that was kind of funny. She says she can't read the copy of the warrant that they got and got him to read it to her because they rushed her off this morning for the interview and stuff. She didn't get to grab her glasses. She didn't get to relieve herself, which remember, she doesn't have a bathroom in there. So she's used to doing stuff, you know, out wherever she does that. And she also didn't get to get her wig or anything. So he messes with stuff for a second and then he kind of glances up towards the camera and he asks her to switch spots because the lighting is bad. She stands up immediately and says, is the camera on the wrong angle here? Look, she's not an idiot living under a rock. She knows she's being recorded and what's going on. Mm-hmm. She knows. So when she, he just totally ignores it, you know. When she stands up to switch seats, she walks a little funny. For a second, she said, oh, shit. 
really annoyed and pulls at her pants, right? The detective says, you don't want your sandwich? She says, not at the moment, and I don't want my pants right now either, but since I shit my pants without being able to wipe my ass here, and the detective says, so, um, completely fucking ignores her and starts going over the search warrant. It is so fucking hilarious that I'm actually going to put that shit in here so y'all can hear it. Detective Eric Fox. How you doing? Hello. Nah, no good. Oh, no. Alright, I got you a copy of that. Okay. Can you read that back to me? Do you want me to read it? I don't have my glasses. Oh, sure, I can read it back to you. <coughs> you mind if I record the reading? No, go ahead. You might switch me spots. Can I switch his spots? Sometimes the oh. lighting in here gets a bit weird on me. the camera on the wrong end here? Oh, shit. You don't want the sandwich? Not at the moment. Alright. And I don't want my pants either, but since I shit in my pants, without being able to wipe my ass here. So, um... So I'll kind of, is it okay if I skip over some of it and just tell you what it was about? I know what it was about. Just, no, just kind of read it back to me. All right. So now we heard that and we heard how the officer just completely ignores her. She demands for him to continue on reading the warrant and tells him to get to her property. He goes on telling her what all they're searching for, like his wallet, receipts for the card, and she's like, skip, skip, skip. She's just worried about the description of her property. He reads the description of the lot and says, it lists you as the sole owner since 1999. And she said, there you go, say that again. He says, sole owner since 1999. She says, okay, we're done. That warrant is in your inaccurate. So I figure if it's inaccurate... Let me just play what she says, because it's hard for me to quote her sometimes. Um, the property of 9184 West Southern Creek Road is a 19.99 acre flag, acre flag lot in a moderately wooded rural residential area. Um, and it's designated by Jackson County Planning Department with a tax lot number and the lot number and mm -hmm. indicates you as the sole owner since mm -hmm. 1999. And there it, you go. Say that again. The sole owner since 1999. Okay, uh, we're done. That warrant is inaccurate. Okay. And so I figure if, if it's inaccurate, any and, how do they put it? And any, and, any and all information received in a warrant that's not correct is okay. not. Well, you know that I, that I was talking to you about Robert Haney's Oregon Trail card, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the detective sees this and he's like, okay, maybe she's got a point. The warrant's wrong. They've got her as sole owner since 99. She got it back in 91. So he's like, uh... So back to the EBT card, which <laughs> she already admitted to using. So he kind of got her there. He asked if Robert wrote the PIN number down for her. She said that he just told her and she memorized it. That's four numbers. It's not that bad. Mm -hmm. She also said, though, that she's good with numbers, but claims that she's got problems remembering people or names. 
It's important to note that because she claims a few times throughout this that she's good with numbers but not remembering people and things and like that and has a poor time perception. The detective mentioned that she continued to use the card after not seeing him for a while and she justified it by claiming that she was used to not seeing him sometimes for like a week at a time. He eventually asked why she didn't report him as a missing person and she said that it felt like it was not her responsibility that the family should have called earlier than they did. Again, I kind of see it. You're just a landlord or whatever, but you should be a good person, period. You know, if someone's missing, then someone's missing. So the detective starts asking her about her pigs and how she butchers them, which she explains that she kills them right there on site with a twenty-two rifle by shooting them in the head. She actually, like, explains to him that you draw a line from ear to the eye and then the other side, and it makes like an X in their forehead between their eyes, and that's where you shoot them. That's how you kill a pig. I did not know that before listening to this. But she doesn't actually do the cutting and butchering there. She says, actually, I think it's kind of funny. She says that she butchers butchering. (laughs) so she says she can't do that uh i do want to point out around here she said that she had three freezers full of pork and was about to kill another pig and she was gonna sell it 80 cents a pound it was pretty cheap she was like trying to sell it to them and everything was like oh you know you can get this pig 80 cents a pound and then you can go have it cut up and split between 70 80 all or whatever i don't know how you're gonna try to will and deal while you're in an interrogation but she did it He mentions having to shoot other critters and worrying about stuff bothering her animals. And she said that she's killed a coyote that was close by and she shot a turkey. But she's such a bad shot that she shot the turkey about four times before she killed it. And look, I played this clip a couple times for me and Tina because it was so good. I'm going to play it for y'all. What you're supposed to do is make an X between their eye and okay. their ear, and oh. their eye and mm-hmm. the ear, and then you shoot them right there. And that's it. And so from three feet away, I can, <laughs> I can hit the target. Uh, and then, um, anyway, with the turkeys, um, um, you know, I see a turkey 50 feet away, and I shoot it, and it go, you know, and jump up in the air, and it run away. Uh, <laughs> And I'd shoot it again. And one, one turkey I had to shoot four times. And it was halfway down my property before I actually killed the damn thing. But How long have you had all those pigs? Uh, more than ten years. Oh, okay. Okay. So, that's the imitation of a turkey being shot. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the best part of this entire interview. Oh, my God. Okay. So... We go back to him asking when Robert went missing, and she said that she figured he went to go handle the family incident of assault and ended up getting hurt or killed. But she didn't feel that it was her responsibility to call. The family should have called. When he turns it around and says, well, what if it were you missing? Would you expect him to call? She claims that she would expect him to call because her pigs and stuff would be going crazy. They'd be making all kinds of noise and stuff because they'd be hungry because she always fed them every morning and every afternoon. But it wasn't the same for her to call because she was not used to seeing him all the time. I was going to say, I've noticed how she stuck to that. I, I, yeah. I've gone without seeing him for a week at a time, and it's not that big of a deal. Like, why do you keep bringing this up? There's got to be a reason, right? Trying to cover your ass for something. So the detective decides to switch gears out of the blue. and He says, Susan, they found a leg by your house. 
They found a leg right next to your place. She's like, a leg? <laughs> a leg? <laughs> He's like, a human leg right next to your place. I think it might be Robert. She's like, um, don't know. Here, I'll let you hear this. Susan, we found a leg by your house. We found a leg right next to your place. A leg? A human leg next to your place. I think it might be Robert. Uh, don't know. Who could it be? No idea. You think it might be Robert? Um... I just... I guess I should ask where where it was, if it was down there by his trailer. No. It was right next to your place. Um, Just a few feet from your place. I don't know then. If it were if it were down by the his trailer, he might have fallen down the hill or something. But if it was up at my place, I don't know. That's it. Do you think it's kind of strange that there's a leg right next to your place? Uh, very. Does it concern you? Uh, yes. Do you think and it might be Robert? Um, it, it could be, but I can't understand why, um, if, if, I can't understand how it, I can't understand how it would get there because I can't see him having an accident up by my place. Okay, let me make sure you heard that right. If it were down by his trailer, he might have fallen downhill or something. But if it was by my place, then I don't know. So wait a second. He tumbled down the hill and his leg fell off? <laughs> It's a fucking human leg. They found a human leg, not a pr prosthetic leg. I can see that falling leg. off. Yeah, it's not like you just like walk in and like, oh shit, my leg fell off. I need help, help. Right. It's like, it, uh, like you said, if it was prosthetic, I could see it. But it's an actual human leg that yes, he was born with. I want to say it was severed under the knee, like up under the knee. So, I mean, it was like, how is, how is your leg going to fall off? Look, I have fallen several times, and I was never like, oh, shit, my leg. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> go, go pick that up for me. <laughs> the fuck? So I don't know where she was going with that. But anyways, he asked her if she thought that it was strange that there was a leg right next to her place. And she's like, uh, very? And he's like, okay, well, how do you think it might have gotten there? And her best reasoning was a coyote did it. That damn wily coyote. Always doing shit. Okay, I mean, first of all, coyotes are around where I live at all the time. I have yet, yet, I need to be knocking on some wood, I guess, but I have yet to find us a random ass human leg in the backyard. Now, something to point out here, because you remember I've lived out in the boonies as well. I've been with coyotes and stuff. They don't like civilization. Mm -mm. So... Lights, sounds, stuff like that. They're yeah, they're gonna get scared. They're gonna run off. However, 
Susan's house didn't look like a house. She didn't have electricity. True. It's out in the middle of the woods on almost 20 acres. It's a possibility that this coyote could have stumbled upon it. She's already shot one coyote over there. True. So, I mean... Where the hell's it going to get a human leg from, it's, though? It's possible, but I feel like she's trying to say maybe he was outside at some point and a coyote attacked him. I think is what she's trying to say. I still feel like it's a far-fetched, but okay. That is a far-fetched idea. But the detective asked if they searched the entire 19.99 acres, if they were going to find more. And her response was, if it's Robert's leg, I guess the rest of him is there somewhere. What? Well, I guess it's kind of a sound reasoning. The detective then asked Susan if she thought Robert might have gotten into the pig pen and then attack him. She's, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pigs are fucking huge. Yeah. I've, I've had pigs. Yeah. You had pigs, didn't you? No, I didn't, but my aunt and uncle do. That's right, that's right. And they've got pretty big pig. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how much our pig weighed, but I want to say it was about 500 pounds. It was No, I lied to size. you. I did one of my father's many wives, you know. <laughs> Wife number whatever, I think she was like three or four or something. Uh, she had pigs. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I just remember you sent me a picture one time but that was, on Thanksgiving, that was and you said, this is going to be you after you eat. <laughs> I remember that. I've still got that That was picture. my aunt and uncle's pigs. But, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, yeah. I, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said that was going to be you after you ate? Yeah, it was oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, I did that. Yeah, you sent me a picture of this fucking pig, and you're like, well, this is going to be you in a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm an asshole. Oh, I know. <laughs> She said that she thought that it would be possible if the leg was in the pig pen that they would attack him. But, you know, she had heard about pigs eating people all the time, and she had even joked about it. I have to take a pause right here and admit something, because I know people get really freaked out about things after the fact. But during the time, it doesn't seem like anything. She made jokes about pigs eating people. I, and other people I've met around here, have also made jokes about pigs eating people granted it was waffle house but (laughs) in my defense it was waffle house (laughs) when i was working at waffle house you know the one where the dude fell in this through the ceiling at yes that's that's the one i worked at yeah about that we joked all the time about how you could just kill someone and put them out in the forest less than an hour away and the wild boars would eat everything but their teeth how casual well At another job around here, it had also been mentioned by someone as well, and it was a whole discussion about how the wild boars will eat them all, but will not eat the teeth. So, I mean, it's actually a pretty fucking common thing to be said around here. But, I mean, some people just have a a dark humor humor about things. You know, I've, I've got a dark humor about some things. I've made jokes about stuff like that. But I think in her case, it may have been more of a threat than a joke. Yeah... She, as well as others, have mentioned that she has a weird sense of humor. She's up front with it, and I get it. I have a weird sense of humor, too. Uh, Tina has also heard about this. Tina is from Alabama. Mm -hmm. She's been here around her whole life. She's heard about this pretty much her whole life. She doesn't remember anything specific, but she's heard it. It's just, it's common knowledge. So, I guess you just haven't heard it. When I asked you, you were like, uh, the fuck is wrong with you? Like... (laughs) I thought you were about to call the mental health line on me or something. 
But it is just a common thing here. I think it is because the Bankhead National Forest is only like an hour or so from us. And that's where a lot of wild boars are. There's wild boars around here, and it's kind of one of those things you got to watch out because if you get attacked by one, they could eat you. So, maybe that's just one of those things people are like, alright, well, if that's the case, then I'm just going to make a joke and be like, oh, I'll kill you and feed you to the pigs and no one will ever find you. I kind of get how that progressed. So, anyways, after doing a little digging, first things first, pigs will eat almost anything, including human bones. Kind of. In 2012, a farmer in Oregon, just let me point that out, in 2012, this happened in 2014, a farmer in Oregon, also where this happened. I was just about to say that. (laughs) He was actually eaten by his pigs after having a heart attack and falling into their enclosure. Oh, shit. By the time a relative came by looking for him, the only thing left were his dentures. Oh, my God. Pigs don't eat larger bones but they do break them down into smaller bits to make them more manageable. However, human hair and teeth are not digestible to them. So you know the saying, greedy as a pig, right? Mm -hmm. God, you and I have probably heard that our whole lives. Yeah. That actually comes from the fact that a single pig can consume two pounds of uncooked flesh every minute. Damn. About 16 pigs can go through 200 pounds of meat In only about eight minutes. What are they, piranhas? (laughs) That's pretty fucking insane. Shit, I did not know that. So, on the other side of all the joking and stuff, since so many people do seem to know the joke in certain areas and know jokes like that, just so you know, I'd imagine it would make it a hell of a lot harder to get away with. So, please don't try this, and please don't hurt anyone. I'm glad you made that disclaimer. <laughs> when I told you that there was a leg by your place, you, your expression didn't change. It doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Oh, uh, it, yeah, it is. Well, certainly if I found a leg by my house, I'd be freaked out. Well, I'm not freaked out, but I'm, you know... Very surprised. It's just well, I mean, the leg goes I, to a person. Well, I don't even know. Obviously that, dead. I don't even know that you're telling the truth. So I am telling the truth. Well, I don't know that. You just might be making up stories to okay. get me to say something else. Yeah. Well, I'm not lying to you. I am telling you the truth. Well, like I say, I don't know that. I'm just looking for Robert, and I'm worried that that leg. Well, this is morning, Robert. You, this, this this morning you were looking for a. Uh, uh, Oregon Trail card, so, I don't know. And the other thing is, like I say, that warrant's no good because it's written up wrong. And if you did find a leg, it's immaterial evidence anyway. But, like I'm gonna I'm going to talk to my partner for a second, okay? Okay. Can I go to the bathroom again and then um, I'll eat my sandwich? Yeah, just one second. Let me get somebody who can help you. Okay. So she continues to say that the only possible thing that she could think of if the leg was there, not the pig pen, 
was that a coyote or something might have gotten him. But a coyote was the only explanation. In fact, they even asked about mountain lions. She said that, that, yeah, there have been mountain lions there, but they're really rare. So she canceled that out herself. I could understand the likelihood of a mountain lion doing it more than a coyote would. Yeah. I feel. I might be wrong. But maybe she was trying to throw him off by saying, you know. Of course that, yeah. There's no way it could have been that. It's probably this. Impossible. The detectives then start to tell her that she seems like a very logical person. They're trying to build that rapport with them, right? Mm -hmm. And then she asks if they watch Star Trek. (laughs) She says that she's 95% Vulcan and 5% Klingon, claiming that she's very logical. What? For those of you who don't nerd out... In Star Trek, the Vulcan race are noted for their attempt to live by logic and reasoning with very little interference from emotion as possible. Now, there are some Vulcans that go against that and do all emotion, but I'm not going to get all into that right now. Now, the 5% Klingon, the Klingon are known for their prideful ruthlessness and brutality, or like strong warriors. Okay. Live long and prosper. That was Vulcan, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. The, you know, the hand signal. Yes, I, yeah. I, yeah, the, yeah. The Vulcan hand signal, the proper response to that is live long and prosper. Live That's lo- the response to it. Okay, well, yeah. live long and prosper. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> the other detective then talks about how she's a very logical person with linear thinking and asks what she thought the other option would be which would be her killing him. And she agrees, yeah, it would make sense. Then he asked if there was ever anyone else that lived there and disappeared, just leaving their stuff behind. That way they they know, that. so they're saying, they know that that's who they need to compare the DNA to. Like, there's no one else that it could be, right? It's It's just him, right? I feel like there is more to it. (laughs) (laughs) My neighbors are uh, Karen and Lorna are over here. And he had his stuff right here. Mm -hmm. So when he went crazy, they heard him and they hear everything. They've got boxes of pictures of my place. And they drive down the road taking pictures at two miles an hour. And then complaining to you guys and to the county and everybody else. And that's why I lost my hair a couple of years ago, because the county had come out and uh, said I needed to clean up my place or I was going to get fined $600, and I had no idea where I was going to get $600. So for two nights, I didn't sleep. And then immediately after that, I started, I started losing my hair. I tried to go to a dermatologist, and... As far as I was concerned, he fucked up. And uh, a couple months ago, another friend of mine helped me me get on the internet and uh, get a computer hooked up. So uh, every once in a while, I've been trying to find on the internet uh, things about hair regrowth. And... uh, uh, they don't really, they don't really do hair transplants. They just move hair from one place to another, which I have no hair to move. 
what I would like to have done, nobody does in this country. And I don't know. Uh, I'm very, very self-conscious. I've always been, uh, I've always been uh, uh, somewhat of a loner, and now uh, I'm very much more of a loner. I don't go anywhere. Since short. Since shortly after this happened, uh, I have not been able to look in a mirror for the last two years. I have not looked in a mirror. I take a cloth, I wipe my face. I have not been able to take a bath in two years. And then today I go ahead. And you people won't let me go down and relieve myself, so I'm walking around for an hour and a half and shit in my pants. chances are we're going to find the rest of Robert. I have no idea really. Like I said, I, I can't. The only place that I would be able to say would be if it were in the gully between where his stuff is on the trailer. He might have fallen down. But you guys have been down there. I was down there. I never saw anything. Uh, if if he, uh, for some reason, if he got killed by the pigs, uh, I haven't really been out there. But I, I look at them and I walk around. Um, I haven't seen any clothing out there, but it... Susan, there, there, have, there, have you ever fed your pigs any other animals before? No. No, I, uh, I feed them... Uh, I feed them bones and things from, from other animals, but never another animal. You mean like a beef bone or something? Or a deer bone? Or? No, I don't shoot deer. I don't, don't, don't buy beef. I eat pork, that's all. So I like know. a pork bone? Pork bones. I, you know, uh, I have uh, last no a couple of weeks ago. I went and made uh, um, uh, some stew when I had. Uh, I went ahead. And, uh, uh, I went ahead and uh, put the bones in the in the liquid to add flavor to it before I made the. She goes on somehow to start talking about how she's a loner and the stress caused by her neighbors calling the city caused her to lose her hair. Sympathy? Yeah. That's the only thing I'm seeing. It's a woe is me 
feel sorry for me. Which I am glad she mentioned her hair because whenever I saw one of her mug shots, I honestly thought that maybe she had gone through chemotherapy or something. But I guess it was just stress is what she said. Stress can cause you to lose your hair. It can. Not taking, like, I understand being upset and not looking in the mirror and all that, but not taking a bath for two years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the detective doesn't say much at all, just kind of goes back to the leg and then tells her that they're going to search and find the rest of the person and make sure it's the same person. She says if they found anything else, if the leg was Robert's, then the rest would most likely be his as well. Then they start telling her that they will be able to find something like a bullet hole or a mark from a or a mark from a sharp instrument. She starts breathing a lot heavier during all of this conversation. And then they try to tell her to tell them now if anything happened to try to give her an out. Mm -hmm. And she says, "If the pigs did kill Robert, would you kill my pig?" She's worried about the pigs. She don't give a fuck about Robert. She's worried about pigs. Yeah. They reply that they aren't sure of the animal laws around there, and they would have to look into it. Finally, she says, Everything I told you was the truth, up until about a week after Bobby had called me. And just a little note here, Bobby is Robert's son. Okay, because I was going to say, who's Bobby? I don't know when, but sometime about a week after Bobby had called, I went down, and he was like half-eaten. He was by, by the pigs. He was half-eaten by the pigs. It was early in the morning, and I saw what had happened, and, um, his guts were all over the place. He was still alive. I knew he wasn't going to be alive for more than a few minutes. I went back to my house, I got a gun, and I shot him in the head. And that was with her twenty-two rifle that she would kill the pigs with. And then she said the rest of it was pretty much the same, and the only reason that the leg would be by the house would be if a coyote moved it. She starts breaking down and says she didn't want her pigs to be shot. She says that she doesn't see her pigs hurting them, hurting him unless they were provoked, that they were fr- very friendly with her. But I also saw in a little clip of the video when they were first walking around, all that up by her house, mm-hmm. one of the cops asked if the pigs were friendly, and I'm not sure who it was off camera, but it, I think it was a neighbor or someone that lived close by, said that no, the pigs are not friendly at all. So maybe they're friendly with her? Maybe. But they they don't seem friendly. So, you know I worked at a chicken processing factory. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely awful. It was cold. It was wet. It smelled. And one time, I got hit in the head with a chicken falling off of a belt above me. (laughs) But we all had to wear hard hats, so it was okay. The carcasses would actually get ground down and made into stuff like cat food and dog food. Really? Yeah, it kind of made all of us question if they fed chicken to other chickens. Yeah. So, I found out it's actually illegal to force cannibalism on other animals. Yes, it's been reported several times, sadly, that neglected pigs, chickens, whatever, they will eat each other if they get hungry enough. hmm But the reason it's illegal to force them to eat each other is because it's actually been tried before, and come to find out, it causes diseases to spread, such as mad cow disease. That's not good for anyone. No, it's not. But I did not know that. So I just want to point out that Susan admits to boiling the pig bones and feeding those to her, but she would never feed them another animal like that. I find it a little hard to believe myself. I do too, because, I mean, she was just so 
confident in the, yeah, I feed other animals, to, or, you know, I fed the bones to the pigs. But yeah, but I, even even pork bones, wouldn't that be a little borderline there? I was thinking the same thing. Like, I, I'll gnaw on a chicken leg, but I don't want to gnaw on a human leg, yeah. you know? Yeah, because there could still be something left, or, yeah, I just... I so I feel know. like that was a little borderline there, but... She would go to the food bank, and that was reported by others in the town, that she would go to the food bank and stuff to get donations, and she would use that to feed her pigs. However, a neighbor reported that Susan didn't take care of her animals like she should. In fact, the neighbor felt so bad about the state of Susan's sheep at one time, that she actually went out there and started feeding them herself. So her story about animals doesn't really match up with what others are seeing. Mm-hmm. Susan makes a point a few times that she's good with money, again, and the only food she ever needed to buy was bread, milk, and cheese, because she got all her eggs from her chicken, she always ate pork, and she had three freezers full of pork. Michael Bells was a smaller man. I would say he's probably around my height, probably around 5'4 or something. Uh, Smaller man. He lived on Susan's property for about three years. While he was being interviewed, he actually mentions how Susan once held him over the pig pen, jokingly, he thought, because he was scared of the pigs. I'll just play that for you. Now, you mentioned an incident to us where uh, Susan held you into the pig area. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. I think I thought she was just joking, but she she's a big woman, don't get me wrong. She's bigger than you are. Mm-hmm. She just lifted me up and held me over the pig farm. Because I was looking at her pigs, and she knows I'm scared of them. I'm, I'm, I'm scared of them. I'm, right. I would never get in there. But anyway, I was looking at her, and she held me over and laughed. <laughs> and then she told me, I would like to see how fast my pigs could get rid of a human body. So, I, I mean, growing up the way I grew up, if I was scared of something, my dad would totally pick me up and, like, dangle me over it or whatever, you know, as a uh-huh. joke. So, I kind of get that humor. But at the same time, I'd like to know how fast my pigs could eat somebody is kind of fucking weird. Kind of? <laughs> that would scare me. So, anyway, she continues to say that she came down and saw them eating him and his guts were all over the place and he was moaning. And she went and shot him in the head to put him out of his misery. She also said she didn't know how many times she shot him. Then she said that he died immediately after she shot him, and she went and fed her other animals and just left him there. I mean, what are you going to do at that point? I guess. I'm not going to (laughs) comment. They asked if she was angry at him when he came back to try to find out why he was in there to begin with. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said she didn't even know he was back until she found him in there and had no idea why he would get into the pig pen. She said she checked back every day, but a few days later, when he was mostly gone, she picked up his clothes and a few parts that were left, like a skull and she thinks maybe an arm. I don't know how you don't remember what you pick up, but she tells them that he's actually, the rest of him's in some plastic bags, some trash bags actually, in her barn area and actually drew them a picture of where to find him. My whole thing is so why didn't she call the cops or 911 or something? And they did ask that and I 
get her reasoning, but I don't agree with her reasoning, if that makes sense. Is the reasoning so I didn't want him to kill my pigs? No, the reasoning was his guts were all over the place. It was so far out, it was going to take probably 15, 20 minutes to get an ambulance, and she wanted to end his suffering. But you could still could have recorded or, you know, reported it or something. Now, I, I agree she shouldn't have shot him. I agree that she should have called 911. But I do see what she's trying to say. <clears throat> if you see an animal that you can't help, you put it out of its misery. And that's the logic that she's using behind this. I get that. She's but... saying that even if she called the ambulance, they wouldn't have made it in time. So she put him out of his misery instead of making him suffer. Is it possible that we might find someone else out there or remains from another person on your property somewhere? Is that possible? Anything is possible. I don't know how you found that leg where, over where it was. Okay. What if that I, leg's not Robert's? I... If it's not, I don't know who it would be. If, if you're, you're not very, and I don't know if Detective Fox is, is getting the same thing from you, but you're not when you, it seems like, like before where you kind of wanted to say something, but you didn't, you held it out, and then you, and it's like you want to say it, and this is like Detective Fox said. This is this is your opportunity to do that. I, Susan, who else, who else is out there? To my knowledge, no one. And if, if that if that leg is not Roberts, I would very much like to know it myself. As an asshole myself, I honestly love her answer there. <laughs> Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Well, it's true, but it's a way to generalize what's going on and not take any kind of responsibility. That's how I was saying she was deflecting. She was deflecting. Every single thing that she was saying. So then the detective asked, who else is out there? Not, is anyone else out there? He's direct, who else is out there? And her reply is, to my knowledge, no one. And if that leg was not Robert's, I'd like to know myself. The detectives continue to break her down, trying to figure out why he was in the pig pen to begin with. And why she shot him instead of calling 911, like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. They finally decide they're going to give her a polygraph because they just don't feel like she's telling them everything. Which I agree. Um, I'm Chris. Hello, Chris. Um, can, can all three of you go outside for just five seconds? Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. There's a plug right okay. here. Just, 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 just five seconds. Sure, sure, sure. Can I have a screen? Yeah, I'll take the drone. I'm going to kill myself with it. <laughs> no. Okay. Just, just, just five seconds, please. Okay. So again, she asked them to leave the room. She can take off her sweatshirt without them in there because she's so self-conscious about not having hair. Again, you know, they rushed her so fast this morning that she didn't have time to put her wig on. She actually had a beanie on during the interview. So they set up a polygraph exam. Once she takes her sweatshirt off. While the polygraph examiner is setting up, he asks if she'd ever had a polygraph. She said she did, and one time she thinks. It was about 30 or 40 years ago, but she didn't remember why she had taken it. Now, I don't know about you, but I would remember taking a polygraph test. I was just about to say, how do you not remember this? <laughs> because I would vividly remember 
if I had to take one and why I had to take it. Most people say it's extremely stressful. Mm -hmm. I've never had one, but... Yeah, me either. I would imagine it would be stressful. So, how could she remember probably taking one, but not remember why? Right. It's weird. Then she says that she doesn't remember a lot of stuff, but she's good at spatial geometry and numbers. But she's not good at remembering people at all and has a bad concept of time. Again, Again same thing she said earlier. So as he's setting up the equipment, she names off the stuff he's setting up. Like, he's setting it up, trying to explain it to her, and she's like, oh yeah, it's for pulse, blood pressure, and uh, skin electroconductivity. And he's like, good job. How, how do you remember all that stuff? Her response, like I said, I remember all kinds of things. That's not what you said. That's not what you said. That's not what you said. <laughs> you said you were good at numbers, not all kinds of things. So it already sets the tone off pretty bad right there. She actually talks about watching crime shows on TV. And she says that her favorite to watch are British more than anything else. And one of her favorites she had been watching is Rosemary and Time. I had actually not seen it yet. I plan on watching it just to check it out. Yeah, but I've never heard of it. I like British shows too, so... He leaves her alone in the room for a minute. She stands up. She goes over to the other side of the table. She grabs a Kleenex. And she looks down at the chair she was sitting in. She goes, oh, whatever. And she wipes some shit off the chair. Literally wipes some shit off of the chair with her left hand. Look, (laughs) I watched this a couple of times with Tina just to make sure that I didn't miss something. She's got a fucking Kleenex. She... She didn't have it in her left hand. She had it in her right hand. And she wiped the chair with her bare hand. No. And then she sat her ass back down in that chair and used the Kleenex with her shit-covered hand to wipe her face. What? I'm nauseous now. (laughs) (laughs) So the examiner comes back in, and he asks her to stand up for a second so they can move the chair closer to the table so she could have her arm on the table. Mm -hmm. He moves the chair. He looks at it. Looks back at his laptop and casually says, Okay, what's that right there? Is that something on the chair or what? He points at the chair when he says it and looks back away again. And she replies, No, that's something on me, which I hadn't done in 60 plus years. And that was totally, I think the camera's over in that thing there, totally your fault. Which I'm assuming that's them being blamed for not letting her relieve herself before Mm -hmm. she went down there. He takes a piece of paper and puts it down on the chair for her to sit on, and they just continue. Okay. Her hygiene... Look, she said she hadn't taken a bath in two years. Mm-hmm. She, she lives on a pig farm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's funny. She's sitting in her own shit. But at the same time, there could be more underlaying to this. And, and you just might not think of it right off the bat. Right? She said that she hasn't been able to look in the mirror or take a bath since she lost her hair two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I told Tina, just talking about it, trying to figure out, that maybe it's possible she's just uncomfortable with modern toilets or something since she's used to going outside or whatever. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah. Tina brought a better point up. Most public bathrooms have mirrors. Oh, it does. So maybe she was too worried about seeing her own reflection to go into a public bathroom. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think it's really shitty. No pun intended. <laughs> that they let her just sit there for hours by this point in her own shitty pants, and they didn't offer to let her get cleaned up until they asked her earlier on if she needed a break. And even when they let her get cleaned up, they didn't offer her a change of pants or anything. 
That part I feel is bullshit. I I agree. You could at least been humane about it. Exactly. Something to change into. Like you and I talked about before. It could have been a jumpsuit or something, you know. Something. They've got something there they could have given her. She had actually mentioned at the interview earlier on at some point that, you know, she doesn't keep up with how long she wears her clothes, but she washes them every couple of weeks. So that leads me to believe that she wears them for a few days at a time, which, like I said, is pretty smelly on a farm anyways. You and I used to live in the same area, and I know I used to ride the bus. Did you ride the bus back in early middle school? No. Okay. But I've rode the bus occasionally. Okay, well, did you ever pick anyone up that lived on a farm on the bus? Did I? Um. Yes, I did. Yeah. So you probably will understand. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't matter. You can see them in a new outfit every day. When they get on that bus, you smell them. Mm-hmm. It's just a- It stings up the whole bus. It's just- It's a farm thing. You could smell them the whole way to school. You could smell them at school. You could have brand new clothes, and you're going to smell like a farm. There was it's a, awful. There was a girl who you, I specifically do think of that she li- worked on like a, um, I mean, she lived on a uh, horse farm. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she would have like these brand new, and you could tell they were new just by looking yeah, at like them. Yeah, like she was clean. But the smell. sits it, there. Yes. So not only is it fucked up that they're making her sit in her own shit, they are just sitting there smelling her. She probably already stinks, and then she shit herself on top of that. I just couldn't imagine sitting in the same room. No. Smelling that for no, hours. No, I just, I think that entire part is just absurd. I think that right there needs to be checked into. However, the end of the polygraph with the examiner said that he didn't think she was fe- telling the full truth. That she knows more about the beginning than what she's telling. She still stands firm to her story that she walked over there and saw him in the pig pen and went and got her rifle and put him out of his misery. The detective then asks if she will start telling the truth about everything and tells her that he's there to listen to her and he'll listen to what she has to say. And she says, I don't know how to say this with it making sense because it doesn't make sense. And then there's a long pause and a lot of sighs, a lot of really heavy sighs. She says that she told the truth about Robert. She doesn't know how his body got out there. It doesn't make any sense either, but there was something else she she didn't want to say that was just as bad. She then asks for another piece of paper and draws a little map out and says, Right there, about three feet down, there's part of another body. His name is Steve. Just casual. Oh, yeah, over here. I need to go ahead and confess this, that Steve is over here in this corner, and I probably fed him to my uh, my cows. My pigs, too. (laughs) She said his skull and a couple other things of his body left, she doesn't remember, was there. Uh, Said that they got into a fight. He went in, and she had several guns, and one of them was a five-shot revolver. Steve was a thief living about five miles up the road from her and said that he was an alcoholic. He came to her place and she confronted him about the guns that were missing from her property. She said that he got physical with her and she told him that she was pretty sure that it was him that stole her rifle and her pistol. She had a little twenty-two that he obviously knew where it was and he went and grabbed it. Said that 
his mentality was that when he was in the military, so Steve was in the military, that he was supposed to kill people. And when he got out of the military, his mindset about that didn't change, and that killing people was okay. And I have heard of this stuff happening before. So when he grabbed the pistol and they started to tussle over it, he says, well, I'm not going back to jail for stealing your stuff or anybody else's. And he decided to kill himself. So he shot himself right there in the head, right in her home. The detective asked where he shot himself in the head, and she's like, you know, well, that's that's the whole stupid thing. He shot himself and then ran out, and I didn't know at the time. I always thought it was a little bitty gun. It wouldn't kill you, but it would certainly hurt. I mean, it was five shots for crying out loud. So he went out of the room. He went around into that little hallway, and I'm following him. That's when it got even worse. He emptied the gun in his own head. I couldn't believe it. But it's just a little twenty-two with a little one-inch barrel. And it was just going boom, boom. What? It's just going boom, boom. What? <laughs> uh, hold your thoughts. Hold your thoughts for just a second. Let, I'll finish this out real quick. The detective asked what she did with him next. And she said she left him in the pig pen for a while. Until there was almost nothing left of him. Probably a couple weeks. Steve was Steven. I've also heard it on uh, Snap called Stefan. But he's Italian, I'm not really sure. I'm going to call him Steve. Steve Delacino. He was killed in 2012 at the age of 59. Now, I have heard about suicides with a gunshot to someone's head. And the first shot not killing them. Mm-hmm. I've heard surviving gunshots to the head. Mm-hmm. I've heard someone shooting themselves in the head twice. Mm-hmm. I have never heard about someone emptying... A five-shot gun into their head. No. I don't care if it's a twenty-two. How in the fuck are you going to pull that trigger five times? Well, according to her, it just goes boom, boom. It goes boom, boom. So the detective asked her about any family around the area. And she says that she has none around. That she's from San Francisco area. She lived there until she was about 18. She's got a brother that she said she's tried to find, but he was in the military, and the last she knows of him, he was in South Dakota, which she guesses was about 10 years ago. That's the last she has had any contact with him. She had a sister that had Down syndrome, and she thinks that she may have recently died, since most die by the age of 40. I mean, she's, she's a logical thinker. She would have been about 56 at this time, her sister, and... Mm-hmm. Her sister was about nine years younger than Susan, so that's how we get about 56. Okay. But, you know, with their life expectancy being around the 40s, she just assumed that she had died. She said that her sister was actually in a foster home in the Santa Rosa area because their mother couldn't accept the fact that she had Down syndrome. And unfortunately, I have heard that stuff happening. It does. I can vouch for that. Her mom died years ago. And Susan asked if she would have taken care of her sister, and Susan said that she probably would have, but she was not at the legal age to be able to do so at the time. It's understandable, too. So, I I get that. I mean, she seems like she wants to help people. The detectives mentioned that she used to go by a different name, which she admits, but refused to tell him what her previous name was. I see your face. You don't know this part. No. He asked if she was trying to run from something, like family or something, and 
she said she's not a killer or something, tried to make it off like a joke. She has a weird sense of humor. She's like, I'm not running because I'm a mass murderer or something, whatever. She just said that she didn't want to talk about it. But that her father, her brother, her aunts, and her uncle all knew of her name change. So doing the thing I do, (laughs) I did some digging and I watched the episode of Snapped because I couldn't believe hearing it myself after researching the story for a little while already. She joined the Navy during Vietnam at the age of 18. She served for about four years, leaving with an honorable discharge. Some information has been pulled from veteran records and it has been confirmed that she was Steve Buchanan while he served in the Navy. She was born as Steve Buchanan and said that only about three people around where she lived now knew the truth. And to her, that was already too many. Wait, what? That's what we said. What? (laughs) So, this is why there is so little information about her. That makes so much sense now. Oh my god. I was not expecting this at all. I wasn't either. That's why I said this story came out a lot longer than I expected. So she learned how to weld in the Navy, I believe. Yet most of the stuff she did in the service, I think she said was like warehouse or distribution or something. She didn't really do a lot of welding in the Navy. After getting out of the service, she went to school and learned engineering, but she never did actually get a degree. She thought it'd kind of be better to go start making money rather than finish school and get a piece of paper. She didn't see the point in finishing. So in 1991, she bought the land in Oregon and moved on to the 19.99 acres. And started a whole new life, basically. Holy shit. So this really made me wonder a little further about things when I heard about this. Because, yeah, it's right there in the episode of Snapped. They they did the digging themselves, and then I saw it in a couple others, but I was like, why have I not heard about this? What about her hair? Male pattern baldness. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if there has been any kind of reconstruction surgery. There's no surgery records. I don't know about testosterone, estrogen. I don't know any of that. Okay, because I was yeah. going to ask that, so thanks for going ahead. And- so, was it stress, or was it a mixture? Did the stress get, like, bring out Which would the other also stuff? explain more as to why she was so embarrassed about it. That's why, why look in the mirrors. I feel like she was so self-conscious because she was scared it would make her look more masculine. Yes. Oh, my God. So that made me and Tina really think, like, did they get the whole story? Is there something else? Did she kill one or both of them because they found out the truth about who she was and she wanted to keep it hidden? Holy shit. Were they going to expose her? If only three people in this area know, she said that you don't want to be exposed. You just moved yeah. from California to Oregon to have this life you want. So that really got me thinking. And Tina was kind of joking around a little bit, but she brought up the point that the possibility Robert could have said something in anger and being drunk and been like, oh, you bald bitch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And could have set her off. Yeah. I was going to use the twist of maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. This is all hypothetical. But maybe since, you know, they were frequent to come and hang out with her, even though she claimed that they didn't. And what if they may have had some type of romantic interest in That's another thing I thought. What if there was some kind of romantic interest? Maybe they were flirty or whatever, 
And then it got a little too serious, and she couldn't figure out how to back out at that point. Yes. I don't know. Or maybe they could have found out and freaked out. Yes. It could have been all kinds of things. Which led... Oh, my God. So, also, while I was looking, I was trying to find Susan Monica's middle name. Mm Mm-hmm. Susan Monica doesn't have a middle name. The only time I ever saw anything was Susan B. Monica. And then I was assuming, well, maybe they just threw the B in there to stand for the last name Buchanan. So, I don't know. She doesn't have a middle name. And that's why the history is so scarce. I did not see that coming. We didn't either. She had a trial in April 2015. It lasted six days. I actually read that the jury deliberations at the end were only about an hour. It was pretty quick. She was sentenced to two consecutive 25-year sentences, totaling 50 years in prison, where she's currently being held at the Oregon Department of Corrections at Coffee Creek Correctional Facility. And yes, that is a women's prison. We did look into it. And actually, the more I looked into it after finding this out, there is a lot of controversy about it. Um, Other people freaking out, not her. She tried appealing her case. I actually didn't get too much into that. I actually read the appeal. Uh, it was due to ineffective counsel. And she actually ended up taking the floor to cross-examine a detective and stuff. Although, during that time, the jury was excused. So, I mean, this kind of goes to show you just how narcissistic she was. She constantly would talk about how she was a logical thinker and she was smart. But... I guess she just wasn't smart enough to kill others. Honestly not. To not kill others. (laughs) And get away with it at least. Yeah, like, honestly, you had a pretty good thing going for you if you wanted to get away with it. Shouldn't have used a ZBT card. You probably would have been fine. Exactly. But I'm glad you got busted and didn't get a chance to kill anyone else. Yes. However, it was said at some point as a joke during one of the interviews, she said that if she told them about the other 17... And she'd be put away for a long time. Again, she says it's her sense of humor. They did not find any other bodies other than those two on her property as of yet that I know of. But there was a joke about 17. Well, I'm just saying it... Is she a serial killer? Could have taken, like... I mean, eventually, you really look at it, though. Most of the time, for instance, with serial killers, they do really good for a certain amount of time, and then they get comfortable, and then that's when they Mm -hmm. fuck up and get caught. If she had 17 times to kill people, I mean, she got away with it to a point. She just fucked up by using the EBT. Led them to her. I mean, I think that she probably did, and but she had enough time to get away with hiding it more. Well, yeah, she had 20 acres just about with no one really out there except for people that were already indebted to her because they were living on her land. Mm Mm-hmm. And she did, at one point in the interview, also say that she hated her neighbor, Karen, and some other lady that's her neighbor with her or whatever. Karen, better watch out. (laughs) Uh, She actually told the cops at some point, you know, she didn't want to kill Robert. She killed him to put him out of his misery. Mm -hmm. She said if she had killed anyone, it would have been that bitch Karen. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me think of the Tiger King. (laughs) Yeah. So we we were cracking up about that, too. But Karen, you got lucky, I think. But isn't the Tiger King, her name is Carol. Carol, yeah, Carol Carol Baskin. That bitch Carol. Yeah, so, I don't know, she might have watched some Tiger King. She she was in Rosemary and Time and uh, Star Trek, I guess. But that's pretty much what I got. It started out as a short, easy story, 
And then I started finding more and more, and I was like, holy shit. So that's Susan Monica, Steve Buchanan. I did not see that coming. That was a good one, though. I mean, I'm still in shock, but that was a very good one. Yeah, I think so, too. A lot of twists and turns I did not see coming at all, which... Good good for you, because like I said, I, I had heard this one before, but you know, like I said, I remembered it, but I didn't remember it, but I don't, I absolutely do not remember the part of Steve. Well, I was going to say, I have heard this story for well over a year, just because I watch YouTube all the time and mm-hmm. just let stuff play. I remember hearing the story a little bit. I didn't remember the details, but I guarantee I won't I won't forget the shit now. No, definitely not. Uh, it definitely threw me for a loop. And I didn't realize that she claims Steve had shot himself in the head five times. I'm still trying to figure that out. I call bullshit. <laughs> but that's what I got for this week. So I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you got a couple good laughs out of it, and hope you're wondering how in the fuck everything went on, because I am. <laughs> And how in the fuck are they going to let her sit in her own shitty pants for fucking ten hours? (laughs) Give the woman a pair of pants. Something. Give her something. Maybe some baby wipes, too. Or a whole bath, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, I got arrested one time for stupid shit. It wasn't anything serious, serious. But whenever they throw me in the jail, which I I cannot survive in jail at all. They they made me get in the shower. Maybe she's taking showers now. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. She doesn't really have a choice, I no. guess. I mean, the reason I had to is because they had a, a de-louser in the mm-hmm. water. So anyone that came into the jail for any amount of time had to get a shower. It was awful. It was cold. I will never go to jail again. I am not cut out for jail. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, let's see. I don't have anything, really. I don't either. So, until next time, don't be too full of yourself. Yes, th- literally and, and figuratively. And just <laughs> don't do things you have to hide. That's probably the best thing to do. Just don't do things you have to hide. Just don't do bad shit. Yes, don't do bad shit. Point blank. End of story. Leave it at that. Goodbye. See ya. All research is done by Shelby Hudgens, Courtney Pylon, and Tina Collins. A special thanks to Tina Collins for managing us, and we are a lot to manage. All social media is linked in the description below. Be sure to follow us, and don't forget to leave a rating on wherever you get your podcast. If you have an interesting topic that you'd like to hear on our podcast, please email it to allthingsmacabre.pod at gmail.com. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Did this episode make you say, What the fuck?